0: Hey guys, we just wanted to give you all a little update on what will be going on with the podcast in the coming weeks. So, Sabrina got a big kid job assistant directing West Virginia Public Theater's production of A Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime, and we are so excited for them. However, that will be limiting her availability just a little bit. So, when they're able to record, we will be doing our regularly scheduled decoms, but there will be some episodes where it might just be me and Josh, me and a guest, who knows? Uh, We're kind of playing it by ear, but we hope that you all will still continue to come back each week. Also, if you're in the Morgantown area this summer, please check out the show to support Sabrina. It's going to be so good, and I am so excited for her. So for now, please enjoy our Not A Decon episode of Big Fat Liar. Welcome back to D the Disney Channel unoriginal podcast. I'm Megan,
1: and I'm Josh.
0: Y'all know the drill by now. Each week, we rewatch a decom, or in this case, a movie that was shown on Disney Channel so much we often thought it was a decom. We talk about it. We make some jokes. We review it harshly, and well, usually we attempt to put it on our ultimate decom ranking. But this does not fit the criteria, so we will just be gabbing, having a laugh. This week, we are watching the 2002 Odyssey, Big Fat Liar. Josh, can you please hit us
1: with a summary? 14-year-old Jason Shepard has a reputation for stretching the truth. So when big-time Hollywood producer Marty Wolf steals his glass paper and turns it into a smash hit movie, no one believes Jason's latest tall tale. Wow. Truly a saga for the generations.
0: Truly, 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 truly. So let's just hop into it right now. What was your memory of this movie before you rewatched it?
1: Uh, I actually remembered a great deal of this movie. I remembered, obviously, you know, the blue skin, the orange hair, just the mm-hmm. the children tormenting this grown man. Uh, <laughs> I will say after rewatching the movie, I realized that it's fully justified. Yes. There's a lot of like the finer minutia that I didn't realize remember just like you know everybody
0: good word thank
1: you SAT word wow (laughs) all the people hating him you know different things like that yeah I forgot how much of the universal studio lot this takes place on crazy (laughs) (laughs) like after like now living like four minutes away from the universal studio lot and like seeing it all on the movie I'm like oh yeah no that's like the vast majority of this movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. I would say my memory is probably exclusively blue Paul Giamatti. The whole movie. (laughs) Yeah. I think I remember like, you know, a vague plot overview, but I didn't remember a whole lot. However, rewatching it, It reminded me how often I watched this movie as a kid. I feel like it was always on Disney Channel and like everything came back to me so vividly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that was that was that's always a fun experience with these kind of movies, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Unlocking sections of your brain that you didn't know were still there. So would you like to know a little bit about the writer and director of this movie?
1: I absolutely would.
0: Okay, well, first off, I just want to say this movie has a 45% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 44% audience score. Oh, I just think that's wrong.
1: Yeah, that seems a little harsh. Like, it's not the best movie in the world, but like...
0: I I would describe it as epic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, agree to disagree on that. But it's it's a it's a solid it's a solid fun movie. Like I, I can't. yeah, I, I think it's mm. I think it's great. I'm interested to see how
0: the rest of this episode goes now. But <laughs> this movie was written by Dan Schneider and Brian Robbins. Mm. If you were a child between the years 1998 to 2015, I'm certain you know who Dan Schneider is. Dan Schneider. Creator of Kenan and Kel, The Amanda Show, Drake and Josh, iCarly, Zoe One Hundred and One, Victorious, n- most of the iconic Nickelodeon TV shows. Brian Robbins also co-created all that with Dan Schneider, and that's all we're all to that, say.
1: The TV show, not yeah. all of that that you just said.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the movie was directed by the Sean Levy. Sean Levy, who is an insane, awesome director and producer. He has brought the world such things as Stranger Things, the famous Jet Jackson and the Jet Jackson movie, Cheaper by the Dozen, Pink Panther, the Night in the Museum trilogy, and Free Guy, most recently. Sean Levy is an amazing director. He just seems like such a cool person. Yeah. Yeah. So... I think it's time. Why don't we hop right into positives and I would love for you to go first.
1: Yeah. So let me just say that this movie had the most 2000s opening I have ever seen a movie. Like, yes, (laughs) the smash mouth soundtrack opening Ah. them, waking up, going through the motions of him waking up in the day. It's
0: seeing all the lies he tells as he goes.
1: Yeah, like it sets it up. You know exactly who this character is. You know exactly what yeah. era in the world this is. This is a master class in early 2000s cinema.
0: Yeah. Also, like the character develop or like the character establishment is very good. Like, we- yeah. and I think they do that really great for Frankie Munez's character. What's his name again? Jason. Jason, Jason Shepard. Jason. Everyone yeah. calls him Jace. Jace, yeah. Cute little nickname. But yeah, Jason's character. And then later on, which I will get to this later, I think they established Marty Wolf's character equally as well. But we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But yeah, no, I... It's actually thinking about it more. Like, it's a very good... It's very good visual storytelling, too. Like, you see him, like, say these things, but like he's... Like you said, you see his lies. And he's not eating the breakfast. He didn't write the paper. Like, he's going through. and it's. It's a really good show don't tell type of opening that you don't see in a lot of these, like, I don't want to say Disney movies, but like these movies Disney. that are more directed towards children yeah. as their target demographic. I think they, they underestimate the intelligence of their audience. And I thought this was a really good opening just establishing that. I'm probably yeah. thinking way too much into this, but it's it, I thought it was a really good <laughs> well, opening.
0: no, but I think it's it also like it shows that like lying is so ingrained in his everyday life that he tells what five to six lies <laughs> before nine am yeah before probably before eight a m school's early
1: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, what about you what uh
0: <laughs> okay, I think I just want us to dive into it right off the bat. Yeah. the best thing in this movie. Paul Giamatti. I, uh, we could dedicate an entire podcast to it. Truly. I think I love Paul Giamatti. And I think that this was probably my first introduction to him ever. He goes absolutely feral in this movie. He does. And it's excellent. I don't, I can't think of, I'm sorry to say this. I can't think of a performance on film that is better than this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is, those are some strong, very strong words.
0: But <laughs> I, I think that it's crazy. And I think that like, I think if anyone else had been in this role, it would have been not that great of a movie. Yeah. I don't think anyone else could have done it. He, like every single aspect of his performance. I wrote down the pool dance when they're like surveying his house to see like what his what his daily routine is. And he yeah. comes out and he's just like dancing by the pool. He's, he goes 200% and it's amazing. Like he just loses his mind.
1: It's insane. I
0: think the thing about this too, and this I think this is the writing but also like you had he's the only man in the world who could have pulled this off this well it's you're watching the fall of a god you are watching like man descend into absolute madness and it's it's just like it's almost a psychological study on the hubris of mankind and that's why I think it's so good like we're watching it and it's amazing also I'll I'll talk about it now I think that they established his character so well in like towards the middle of the movie so like we meet him and he sucks he's awful and we know that we know that but then it's the again it's the scene where they're surveilling him and they're Trying to like see what his day to day is. And you get just see like four or five different interactions with different people, seeing how he talks to other humans, how awful he is. Like this man is just a, a mean person. He says some pretty like racist, misogynistic, body shaming. Like he says some horrible, horrible things. And yeah. like, but we're establishing it as, yeah, he says all these things because he is an awful person to literally everyone he comes across. And there are people like that, especially in show business. There's something about it that just really blows your head up. But like, those are things that I, if I haven't heard them, <laughs> I've de- I can definitely imagine people saying them. Like that is a real person. So we see this character establishment and then we see these two children tear his life apart And you just love it. I loved watching this man get his life ruined.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, truly, like, uh, I don't wish ill on a lot of people, but like seeing just this awful human being finally get like the karma that was due to him.
0: and it's so hard. Like, and you just, you see him lose his mind very slowly. It starts when he first sees Jason in the car, like when his car is getting messed up and then Jason pulls up in the, the town car and he like you see the change on his face. And then by the end, I took a picture of it and I will post it on the Instagram. But this is one of my favorite shots of the movie is after they jump out of the helicopter and they're like crossing the street. Paul Giamatti is crazy. He's
1: absolutely feral. He's goblin mode. It's just oh. like, <laughs> like with his hair just like up in the way his, and his face just completely windburnt. I've Ugh.
0: never seen anyone look so insane <laughs> in my life. It is an excellent scene, um, but yeah, I just think. Sorry that that I that is that's no holding like, your body is amazing. He goes so hard for everything, and he's so good. He's so yeah, good at like
1: everything. even in that like four minutes, like he went hard. It wasn't yeah. like. You know, but it's great. Yeah.
0: We'll talk more about Paul Giamatti at the end. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, but I've talked a lot. Let me hear yeah. some more of your positives. I'm
1: kind of jumping off of that. I really loved, not a foil, but how Marty Wolf is what Jason will become if he keeps yes. down this path. Like it is the perfect, this is what you're going to be. If you mm-hmm. just stay lying, you- turn into this yeah this person who doesn't really have anybody close to him because he just Mm -hmm. nobody wants to be around somebody that just lies all the time yeah it's i think it's a real i wish they would have dove into that more like had him realize Mm -hmm. this is who i might become yeah but you know yeah it is it is what it is. Like, I thought, I thought it was really well framed in that way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Also, I think, like, like how we've talked about Paul Giamatti's performance, I don't think there's a bad performance in this movie. Yeah. I think every character, actually there is one, and I'll talk about it in negatives, but it was an une- unnecessary character. Um, but, like, first of all, Taryn Killam in this movie, I forgot he was in it, mm-hmm. and I also forgot how much he's in it. He's so funny. We have Amanda Bynes. Amanda Bynes' supremacy. Oh my gosh. She is just, I, you forget what a talent
1: she was. Yeah. No, I I wrote down, they really just wanted her to go nuts with all of her different voices she could do. Yeah. And
0: I loved it. I loved every second of it. Frankie Muniz, amazing. We know, we know. But like, also like Donald Faison is really good. The helicopter stuntman, Monty, his assistant, Jaleel White, Jaleel White, (laughs) (laughs) Urkel himself. Like, (sighs) oh my gosh! And all of the performances are just so good. John Cho, who played the director. Like everybody went 110% and they, like, it was cast perfectly and acted flawlessly.
1: It was a solid performance by everyone involved. I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, like, and I, I mean, I think the script was, was fine. Like, the script was good. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't amazing. And I think this is an instance where a script is good, but casting the right people who go 110% really elevates the movie so well.
1: Yeah. Like I forgot that Jaleel White was in this and it made me want mm-hmm. to see him do everything. Like yeah. I, I just want ten, yeah. 10 more movies, 10 more movies oh, with just Jaleel also, White right now.
0: Even, even the one-liners, like even the small characters, like the guy who drives the monster truck who goes, oh my God, <laughs> like, I <laughs> love him. Um, the kids at the birthday party. And then my favorite- my one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Oh, also like the little old lady who's like, Screw you, blue boy. Like, she's funny. <laughs> Grandma Pearl. Oh my gosh. But my favorite scene in the movie is the Astrid Barker scene where they're trying to get into Marty's studio. Yes. And they, it's like the woman at the desk has like a bunch of dogs on her desk, like fake, like little figurines of dogs. And so they like go into a room and Jason is like, we're gonna call her and try to get her to leave the desk. And he says, pretend that you're from parking. And you, Amanda Bynes being like, hi, this is so-and-so from parking. Your car is parked on a dog. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> and then the like, oh, woman what? at the desk is like, she goes, oh, 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 what? My car <laughs> is parked on a dog. <laughs> She's, yes, ma'am, in the tail area. And then you have Frankie Muniz gets a trash can and he's like, arr, 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 arr. <laughs> and this woman just like, lo- she looks like she's going to vomit and convulse. It is so over the top. It's way overacted and it's perfect.
1: I wrote this secretary scene is ridiculous. It's and so I funny. Love it. And just the follow up where Amanda's sitting at the desk taking all these calls and it's yeah. like, mm, Steven Soderbergh. All right, let's, uh, yeah, we'll we'll schedule a meeting in mm-hmm. and Mr.
0: Sandler. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she is her character is chaotic good, like the definition yeah. of chaotic good. And she's like, I scheduled you like a massage. I think you need it. You need a break. From yeah, all this when like the secretary yeah. comes back in, she's
0: like, "Thank you, kind stranger." Oh, she's so fun. She's so <laughs> fun. What's another positive you have?
1: Oh. Oh, I love, so when they get back in the limo after the original, like, they lie to him, tell him, oh, yeah, no, we're the guy you're supposed to pick up. And he's like, you guys. And they're trying to explain it. It's like, Um, Mm -hmm. no, no, I'm I'm not going to listen to it. Like he's false starting the car with the key and he's just, no, no, I'm not going
0: to. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I absolutely love it.
0: (laughs) It's so funny. I think. Talking about like the script of the movie. I love that this movie was just written to be the ultimate dream for children. Yeah. Like it's, it's the, it's an excellent children's movie. Mm -hmm. Like if we're looking at it through the genre, A plus plus. Yeah. Like it's everything a kid wants to do.
1: They just get on a plane, go to LA. They yeah. get a ride around in a limo, get to play around in a studio lot, yeah. know, go into like a prop warehouse and just Which, have a ball.
0: This was pro- most definitely filmed pre 9-11. So like it's a little more believable in that lens, you know, <laughs> yeah. that, like a kid can pay for an airplane ticket in cash and get on a plane unsupervised from Michigan security, to LA. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: the security is not that great on the lot. Like it's insane.
1: <laughs>
0: also, I loved the warehouse montage. First of all, the warehouse, that that's an excellent set. Like oh, yeah. it was all those things in there, that velcro jumper. I loved those things as a the kid. The
1: DeLorean? Ugh. Yeah.
0: It was so cool. It was like I don't know, because it was made by Universal, they got to use all of these iconic props
1: from yeah. Universal.
0: And it, oh, it's so cool.
1: It's <laughs> It was just cool, you know? I did have a question. When they go, first go onto the lot, and they're like looking around, I get that it's supposed to be like, look at all these cool things happening. What is being filmed that has <laughs> like, all those different... Costumes and actors in one place. I saw, like, a yeah. spaceman. I saw, like, camels. cowboys, camels. Like, I don't Pink know gorillas. what... I don't know what they were filming, but that yeah. looked like a it's jumbled mess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Afterwards,
1: it made sense. Like, the the actors that were around and set mm-hmm. pieces matched and it looked like it made sense. But, like, yeah, that first one, I was like, still, what is happening here? Crazy.
0: Yeah. No, for sure. Also... Ooh, this is script and movie. The big reveal at the end is amazing. The score is perfect for it. Like when they're on top of the roof, and yes. and then we hear the Dun, da 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 and we see the cameras. Marty, we see Marty see all of the cameras, and we see him get got. It was <laughs> so it was so cathartic
1: it was great it was
0: beautiful like i love it it's so good (laughs) and then my last one is the final stunt at the end unnecessary
1: but so cool yes they definitely (laughs) like built it up to like they watched them jump into the thing and you know that that's gonna come back yeah It, it was uh what is that Chekhov's jump cushion I don't don't know what
0: that's (laughs) called Chekhov's jump cushion I wanted to do that like yeah they really just like they didn't say no to anything in this movie they were like oh a big monster truck put it in the movie uh a chicken in a police officer uniform put it in the movie like they did not say no
1: oh fantastic Yeah. Something else I liked when they get on the Universal Studio Tour, like they get on the trolley. That's the actual, if you go to Universal Studios for anybody that's not been, that is the actual studio tour. Like they, like the rails are there. Like they waited in line to get on this tour and it takes you around the thing. And like, that's actually how you get on. And I didn't know that. on the tour... They tell you like, yeah, no, in movies, this trolley, the tour has been in so many different Universal movies. And I'm pretty sure this is one of the ones that they show when they're like showing the different ones.
0: I've only been to Universal Studios at night. Yeah. And it was just to be in the audience for American Ninja Warrior.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's... uh, We actually drove when they were taking us over there, they drove on part of that tour
0: i saw kind of like train tracks and i was like what is this but it was like midnight so so for those who don't know uh josh and i and then uh, our roommate neely we got paid to be in the audience for american ninja warrior (laughs) (laughs) and it films in the dead of night
1: it was a dream come true yeah it was so cool yeah but
0: any more positives
1: going on that you know that scene with the water where the guy's typing it in yeah spoiler alert for people that haven't been on the tour that's part of the tour The what? water that rushes down that happens when you go on the tour that Can wasn't we like please just go the on the tour yeah no we pass where the good place is filmed yeah
0: <laughs> i need to go
1: <laughs> but yeah the good no, place like, is my favorite show <laughs> that water that uh, rushing water area in i can't remember what that place is called it's like the old west yeah. section but it the water rushes down that is part of the tour Crazy. And I was like, ah, I forgot that that was a thing. When I saw where he was, I was like, they're going to bring the water down. And like, that is exactly where it was. And it's, it was really cool to see like all these different universal things take place with it.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So do you have any more positives?
1: Oh, okay. So just like the car scene. I loved it, where he's just doing all the things. That one actually stuck out in my brain, where it's like, blue, da-ba-dee, like that is ingrained in my brain, where it's like jumping around. You sing
0: that song all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And when it came on, I immediately went, Josh is going to love this. (laughs) Yes,
1: no, I forgot that I loved that scene so much. Also, it's perfect, because
0: he is blue, da-ba-dee, da-ba-da. I
1: I associate (laughs) this movie with that song because of that scene. Yeah. Like, like when they didn't play right after he got dyed blue I was like wait a minute I thought the song played and then I remembered just some little tiny things I love the relationship with the bully and the grandma like at first (gasps) I was like Taryn Killam and
0: the grandma yeah." so Uh, funny
1: I was like "Ah, I'm not crazy about like this bully I was like this is interesting like he's kind of like the stereotypical lead mean girl with his cronies but then he yeah but also he's stupid yeah then he goes like Himbo mode. It's... He's
0: so, such a himbo.
1: <laughs> so, like, it, it when, grew on me.
0: <laughs> I love when he was like, But I have your skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> also, speaking of Grandma Pearl and the bully, there was a moment in this movie that was so rude. Um, but it's Amanda Bynes, they're in the warehouse, and Amanda Bynes walks by a statue of E.T. and looks at it. And goes, oh my God, Grandma Pearl, insinuating that her grandmother looks like (laughs) E.T. It's so rude.
1: Oh, yes. I love that they go Los (laughs) Angeles. Los Uh, (laughs) Angeles. Love it. I say that all the time. Uh, (laughs) The, oh, when he's going through on how to market this. When he's telling uh, his marketing director, oh, we need it, you know, print, TV, radio, all this stuff. That internet crap. Because this is early 2000s. <gasps> he
0: said that? <laughs> he says I that must internet have crap.
1: It. I thought Wild. that was the funniest thing I have ever heard.
0: <laughs> well, as if Marty Wolf is like, the internet is just a fad. Like, it's yeah. going away soon.
1: <laughs> and then the most iconic line. <clears throat> They told me I was picking up a little blue car. <laughs> they didn't say anything about a little blue man. <laughs> iconic. Iconic it's line. It's so <laughs>
0: funny. It's so funny. Oh my gosh. That's what I said. The people who have one line in this movie, they kill it, they crush. They so truly hard. do.
1: It's, oh. it's
0: so funny.
1: It was oh, great. Man. And then at the end, also, when the kids. Paul Giamatti's, oh. Oh, no, 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 yep. go ahead, go ahead. Oh, and then just when Paul Giamatti's on the roof, and they're like, yeah, something, you really, something from a 13-year-old boy, and he's like, actually, actually. he's 14. Just oh, like he's, real.
0: He's 14. <laughs>
1: he's, he's 14.
0: <laughs> yeah, Hilarious. It. Also, so I wanted to bring up the kids really quick. I forgot to write this down, but the kids, when, when he goes to the wrong house, and he's blue with orange hair. And the kids think he's the clown. Yeah. And they're like, the clown's here. What's us hurt, hurt him. <laughs> Which I was like, I, I can see how people would be like, that's not realistic. Uh, but it unlocked a memory that I think happened to me. But it's so hazy, I'm not sure. But I have this, this memory. It, maybe it was a dream I had once. But I'm pretty sure I was a child and this is a memory. Where I was at a birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese and the Chuck E. Cheese, whoever was playing the Chuck E. Cheese mascot came out and All the kids at this birthday party started just beating the crap out of Chuck E. Cheese. Like they jumped on him, grabbed his legs, were hitting him, and he ran into the kitchen and was hiding behind the
1: oven. (laughs) Not Charles Entertainment Cheese.
0: Yeah. And like, I don't think, I don't remember participating in it. I remember watching it, and my mom was like, What is happening? Because my mom was there, and she was like, Someone needs to get a rain on these kids. I need to That's call my wild. mom and ask her. I need to ask my mom if she remembers this. But like, I've only I met the like,
1: animatronic ones.
0: I have a memory of us like peering into the kitchen because we weren't allowed to go there, but we like opened the doors and we're looking into the kitchen, and Chuck E. Cheese is like hiding in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that probably happened because of this movie because oh kids gosh. watched this and they were like, children's entertainment characters are meant to be hurt <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and they're not please don't do that
1: <laughs> yeah no that also that's... i don't
0: know how hurt he could have been it was probably like eight
1: six-year-olds yeah
0: do you think that you could fight off eight six-year-olds
1: i'd 100% good
0: what about like 10 six-year-olds
1: yeah no probably you think if i had now? to Yeah. If you had to. Yeah. I mean I'm not gonna go out and be like, all right, which six of you are getting a beat down? (laughs) Maybe if they were like, you know, feral zombies or something. They're all attacking you at
0: once though. I was gonna say, like ten, eight to ten, I feel like that would be really hard.
1: That's when you just grab one and sling it into the others. Like it's
0: Oh my god.
1: (laughs) There's six. How much could they weigh? Like forty pounds?
0: I'm really bad at guessing weights. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's time to go into negatives.
1: Negatives. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Do do you want to start or shall I?
1: I I can start with the opening, the opening lie where he didn't write the paper Mm -hmm. and all the kids, they know he's just full of crap,
0: but the the teacher.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, no, I, my dad choked on a meatball. This woman goes into the hallway and calls the dad, yeah, quote unquote, like she's entertaining this lie. Like, yeah. she knows he's full of crap. Everybody knows he's full of crap. Like yeah. he doesn't even sound convincing. That's one of my biggest things. All of his lies, none of them sound convincing at all.
0: Yeah. Jason really is like the little lies he can pull off. But the big ones like he's talking about, like, I saw him. His eyes bulging out of his head. His face turned blue and I saved his life. Like, like it
1: overacted. Like, I don't think it was Frankie Muniz overacting it. I think it was just. Written poorly. It was written over. They told, like, I think it was a direction to just like really yeah. sell this. And it just yeah. came off so fake.
0: And, but also like, so we're we're supposed to. I can't tell. This is unclear to me. I can't tell if the teacher believed it. And then brought his parents in later, or if she faked believing it. But so like the teacher comes back in and she's like, Yeah, you just take your time. Like, I called your dad. Cause they she goes into the hallway to call his dad, and then Frankie Muniz like gets on the phone and like pretends to be his father. Crazy that not one kid in that class was a snitch. Like there's always one kid that's a snitch. I just don't believe that they were well, all that's the-
1: cool. They could tell, like, they were all entertained by this lie. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah. no, this is this is how this is going to go down. But it, I, I don't know. I think they were just going to know, yeah, no, this is just going to blow up. Like, everyone yeah. knows he's lying.
0: Yeah, I don't know. My first negative, so it starts at the beginning. I, it came in waves to me. It starts mm. at the beginning. And it's when he's at the breakfast table saying, yeah, I eat my breakfast. And then he feeds it to the dog. And I see a sister in the background clipping her toenails at the breakfast table, and I was like, "He has a sister? Why? Did, why is there just a girl here? Like, this is nothing to do with anything." And then we see. Her, or we don't see her again. But Jason gets his skateboard taken, and he has to try to get to the community college. So he's on like a six-year-old girl's the little bike.
1: bike. Yeah, no, yeah. I thought he had a little sister when he said he had his sister's bike.
0: Yeah, but I guess it's like an old bike that was in the garage or yeah. whatever that they just haven't given <clears> away. Which, <throat> like, I I can buy that. My yeah. my 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 bike with training wheels was in our garage for well into high school. But yeah, yeah so we see that, and then later we see when the parents leave, we see him and his sister, and then the sister's boyfriend comes up, and it's this white dude who is trying so hard to be like the tough early 2000s rapper, kind of like oh, yeah. bow wow, or you know what I mean? Like oh, very, yeah. no. very nice I said, dicey. yikes, that
1: boyfriend was my was my note. Yeah. And but they, at least he was kind, like, yeah, like he wasn't yeah, a he jerk was, though. I thought yeah, that was we, nice.
0: We love when appropriation is kind. (laughs) No, I mean, but, like, he wasn't,
1: like, he was that stereotypical, like, the boyfriend that her parents wouldn't approve of. But, like, usually he's, like, that trope is a jerk. But he was, like, hey, little man, like, looking good. Like, he was, was, at least he was nice.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I just don't think we needed...
1: Oh, no, we didn't need it at all.
0: Jason should have been an only child. Like, we didn't, yeah. they were unnecessary. If we wanted the little bike, just put him on a little boy's bike. Like, Yeah.
1: Well, I think, because they wouldn't have left him alone. Oh. Because where he's still so young, they needed an authority figure. And if they left somebody that was actually going to stay and watch him, he wouldn't have been able to go. Yeah,
0: like a like an older sister. Okay, I can kinda see it, but she was was more of a plot device
1: than anything else. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Another negative I have. What's the time frame here?
1: (laughs) That's a good question. Cause was it a long weekend? Is what I don't know.
0: Well, especially like from when he meets Marty Wolf to when they go see the preview of the movie like what exactly is the time frame because movies don't get made that quickly yeah you know
1: that's exactly what i wrote down i said the turnaround time on that production is insane
0: wild especially for all that's going into it
1: yeah like the effects were already rendered yeah. like everything was made and this was close and to the, the end of the script wasn't even semester. done Yeah. The
0: script wasn't even done. That was the funniest part where he was like, I am writing this movie. I can't, I don't have time to work on the script. And he's making his assistant write the movie.
1: Yeah. Like everything about this was wild. Also, do people just regularly get up in front of a party and talk about the ending to their movie? Like it's some big announcement. Like, is that a thing people did or do? I just feel like this was...
0: This movie about movies was written by someone who does not know how movies are made. But it's <laughs> crazy because they have to know how it's movies like, are made because they made a movie.
1: <laughs> it's like the idea, a kid's idea of how a movie is made.
0: Yeah. And, and truly, maybe that's why they I did it. I'm a, I am say this a lot, but I'm like, we shouldn't insult the intelligence of kids. But also as a kid, I didn't question it. I didn't yeah. know enough.
1: I really did not question anything in this movie.
0: Yeah. Crazy.
1: It was insane you got so when they're like oh hey we want to see the sights before we go to the studio lot Mm -hmm. and they're like okay cool and they're driving they just drive down Coldwater canyon drive and then they go to the lot like they don't (laughs) they don't go sightseeing in la they drive down one drive one street that happens to go through beverly hills and that's it like
0: that's all there is that LA has to offer. I've been truly. Here three it's months. just those really truly, tall I palm can tell
1: trees. You. I'll like, tell you right now. Next to those fancy houses, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> like I was no. watching that, and I was like, I get that this is a very iconic film shot for LA. Just those really tall palm trees. Mm-hmm. But like, if they're gonna sightsee, show like, I don't know, the
0: Hollywood. The, they probably did see the Hollywood sign.
1: The Hollywood sign, the observatory, like anything, like. But those palm trees, that was their sightseeing. They didn't Yeah. I don't know. It just was really funny to me because I could tell exactly how they got to where they needed to go.
0: Yeah. It's a very L.A. perspective, though. You have to realize. What you're giving is a very L.A. perspective.
1: (laughs) They left L.A.X., they went through Beverly Hills, drove up the street to get to Universal. Like, it's... Truly, yeah. they should have just gone over and taken the one o one up rather well, listen, than gas Byrly prices Hills. are seven
0: dollars here. do you think he's going to take them <sighs> not all over 2000, the city? not in two thousand
1: not in two thousand whatever two thousand two when this came out, hmm. or whenever they filmed it, whatever, like yeah, 2000. gas was a
0: quarter back then. <laughs> I remember when gas <sighs> was a nickel.
1: I I just thought it was really funny that that was the only thing that they showed.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that is pretty funny. This is a small a small dislike. Mm-hmm. I hated the scene where Jason is hyped up on Coke, Coca Cola. For those who are not familiar with <laughs> the, the street name, yeah, there's there's just a scene. It's a scene after the warehouse montage, and Jason. I guess the the soda machine is rigged, and all the cokes are free, and he drinks like twenty of them, and he's sitting like he looks like he's on real Coke and mm. he's like has a paddle ball thing and he's going crazy. And I was like, I guess this is for the young kids watching this movie. But yeah. I was like, I hated it. It was just so weird.
1: <laughs> Speaking of the warehouse, those poor warehouse keepers, their system of organization absolutely trashed. Yeah. Like they ruined everything. Also the fact that nobody came into that warehouse to get something. With the well, amount of costumes it, they keep in that warehouse
0: it I feel like I took I took it as like this is like the the least used warehouse on the lot
1: I, I guess like I don't know it, it I think it just bothered me like I don't know, I don't know yeah it was it was it was odd,
0: yeah. yeah,
1: so when he's like, "Oh hey, like here's your paper, I want you to call my dad, he sets the paper on the desk and he goes to get like a cigar. Uh-huh. He should have just grabbed the paper and left. Like well, he trusted him. Why? He already stole his paper.
0: Yeah, but he didn't
1: think that he was
0: gonna be like that. This was—he didn't know how big of a a hole he was at this point. Like,
1: well, he knew that he stole it, and he's like, he's going across the country to confront this man. I—I I don't know. Like, if thought, my paper I think was he right there, he's gonna
0: be reasonable. <sighs>
1: If that was all the proof I needed, I would have just grabbed it. But
0: it's not all the proof he needed. He needed Marty Wolf to call his dad because, like, there's probably not... It's written in pencil, so even if there's a date on the paper, his dad's not going to
1: believe him. His dad's like, like, you
0: just wrote this the other day based off that movie trailer.
1: That's the other thing. Okay, I don't know how a phone call would have convinced his dad, seeing how he constantly uses fake phone calls in his lies. Well, he
0: can't... Like, I, I took it as Marty Wolf is, like, such a big figure, kind of like a Judd Apatow, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, like, he would probably recognize his voice because I so would famous. not
1: recognize if Judd Apatow called me on the phone.
0: Okay, but if he called me and said, hey, this is Judd Apatow, I would.
1: I don't know I what mean. he sounds like, though. So, like, that's my point. Like, he could have gotten anybody to be like, hey, this is Marty Wolf.
0: Well... I just think you're assuming that people are just as uncultured as you are. And that's not a fair assumption.
1: You know, that's that's fair. (laughs) That's on me. I really need to unlearn some of that. That's. (laughs) 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 Then at the very least, I don't know how Marty hasn't noticed that the Palm Pilot is missing. With how big of a deal he makes about it in the beginning. He's like, oh, where is it? This is my everything. And then it gets stolen for days
0: yeah that's doesn't a realize it's gone,
1: still goes to his appointments. like how is he doing all this? like how,
0: yeah, that's yeah. a big hole. That's a big one. This is one. Where did they get the big, fancy spy headquarters at the end of the movie?
1: like I thought they got a whole bunch of props, but when they started, like, lighting up on the different things. They have
0: huge screens. Yeah. Which, by the way, I loved phase four of this movie. I yeah. love a heist. I love a heist. It was so <clears throat> cool how they did it. But also, where did they get the resources?
1: <laughs> I guess maybe it was from, like, the effects department or something.
0: Yeah, everybody just, hates
1: him. It was... I-, I thought that was a little much with all the yeah. things lighting up. Like, they could have done it with, like, sticky notes and things like that. But, yeah. again, it's a kid's fantasy... Yeah. It's it's cool. It's
0: like you could get picky, but why would you? You know. Yeah. Like we're having fun here. We're having exactly. fun. Exactly. Also, I I don't. We don't need to spend a whole lot of time on it, but I think it it is very important for us to acknowledge that there are some very outdated jokes in this movie.
1: Yes, very outdated jokes. Even just.
0: We don't condone.
1: <laughs> yeah. Going back, like I realize that you know, we're supposed to illustrate that he's a really terrible person, but holy cow, the casual racism in this. Yeah, so much. It is awful. Like my jaw hit the floor when he's talking to the president's wife. Oh yeah,
0: and he keeps calling her like different names that aren't her name.
1: It's like, my name's Shannon.
0: I think, yeah, the only, the only like, the only minuscule saving grace is that like, we are, we know that he's bad. So it's not yeah. like they're making these, the, the jokes as a way to be like, oh, let's make fun of it. Like he's saying them and we know that he is a bad man, but it's still, he's saying them and it's not chill. Yeah.
1: Like, but in that time, that would have been part of yeah. the comedy to be like, ah, yeah. ha, ha, ha. like yeah. when he's, oh. yeah, no. But As, and like, I do like that all the parts. characters are John like... John
0: Cho, like, yeah. Yeah,
1: no. Like, you can see it on, like, John Cho's character's face. Like, he's like, yeah. dude, what? Yeah. And, well, and this but-
0: is this is one of my fun facts, but I'll use it now. So John Cho, when he was approached for the role, they wanted him to do an Asian accent or, like, a Chinese dialect, and he refused. He was like, I don't think it's funny to teach kids to make fun of somebody for their the way they talk. And so yeah. he refused to do it and they still wanted him for the movie and they let him use like his regular, his regular accent. Um, Good. And Good I don't, I think also I read that like, he's never done like an Asian dialect in any movie he's done because he doesn't want it to be a punchline. And Good. I think yeah. like that's, I think that's, that helps this sit the whole situation of the movie yeah. where we, whenever he says something racist, you do see the other characters be like, this is not okay. Yeah. But it's still, it rides that line where, like you said, in this time, there are movies that made these jokes as legitimate jokes. Yeah. Like that
1: was part of the comedy. Like now it's, yeah, it's. Yeah. It's it's I (laughs) agree. Like the only, like the characters themselves were not the butts of the jokes. Mm -hmm. It was technically Marty, but it was still like, I,
0: Yeah, not great. I cringed
1: watching a lot of it. Yeah. It was... Oh,
0: yeah. Very cringe. Awful. Do you have another negative?
1: The only other negative that I have is when at the end, and he's like, I want to prove to you, dad, that you could trust me. And he's like, well, you've earned that back, son. And I'm like, he ran off and flew across the country unsupervised. If anything, I feel like that raises more issues of trust. Like, what?
0: Yeah. Also, he said that he was like, I just wanted to earn your trust back, dad. And his mom is there the whole time. Like, yeah. he was like, F you, mom. Like, well,
1: <laughs> his mom doesn't really make a big deal out of it. Like, his dad is the one that's like,
0: I "The mom can't trust didn't- you. But at that point, like, the mom didn't need to be there. Like, Jason could have had a single dad. Like, we, the mom is barely in the movie. I mean, but like, like, Either either make it I want to earn my parents' trust back or just my dad and he's a single dad. Because it just felt like the mom was kind of like a prop.
1: I suppose. I don't
0: know. I feel like, like... He did not care what his mom thought about him. That's what I got.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I took it like the mom didn't, like, think less of him for lying. Like, mom loved him and he did have that... Like love from that side, and his dad loved him. But like mm-hmm. the dad is what you know. Also, yeah. that was the reason that they, the parents weren't there. They went on like a nice romantic retreat together. Mm. The dad's not going to do that by himself. I mean, like well, they could have found a like way a, to write it around. Yeah, change but, it to
0: a business trip or something. Like I don't I'm, know. I'm all I'm all for a father son reconciliation plot line. Yeah. But like I just feel like you know, yeah. if the mom's going to be there, use her
1: yeah and Um, that's you know part of the the cinematic sexism i guess from that time yeah
0: okay this is i i think you might disagree with me okay and i felt this since i was a kid this is something that like watching the movie as a kid it upset me mr funny bones the monkey Is a stuffed monkey that Marty Wolf has had, we assume, his whole life. And he is very cute. And, like, he plays with him a lot. And there's a bit where they steal Mr. Funny Bones, the monkey, and, like, they're messing with him by, like, taking his only friend. And I just felt like it went a little too far. (laughs) Like, I. Always felt bad for him. I was like, I get it, let's ruin his life. But don't touch Mr. Funny Bones. Like, it just always hurt my feelings a little bit.
1: <laughs> I I can respect that and I can see that. <laughs> but for a character who literally cares about no one or nothing else, that was the only thing that they could do. I know. Like he was truly like he did not give a single care in the world to anybody else. Like there was nothing they could do to hurt this person or even like affect him in any way. Like there was nothing they had. That was the one thing that he cared about that they could I have know. any sort of leverage. And it's not like they blew it up. Like, you know, yeah. it just, it always hurt my feelings
0: a little. <laughs> I was like, this is just a step too far. It's just yeah. too mean. Like, no, are I we, can see that. <laughs> are we just as bad as Marty Wolf? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it's, I I can see and respect that, but like, I, I, I can also I see why they had to resort to that.
0: Yes. And then my last negative is, okay. It's, it is the moment that propels us to the unnecessary stunt that I liked. Mm-hmm. It's like right after the big reveal and Marty Wolf loses his mind And he acts like he's going to murder Jason on the roof. Like he goes after him, like he's going to physically harm him. But there were so many witnesses around. Like it just felt, it felt like it was very out of place. And it was because we needed it to push Jason up farther to do the big stunt that we need. So like, yeah.
1: Like you said, like this is a broken man. Like, they have yeah, broken but, him to the point of psychosis.
0: Yeah, but he I don't know. It not, just felt, it felt a little forced.
1: Yeah. No, I, I I did think it was a little forced, but in the forced, I did think it was a little forced, but in the realm of the movie, it makes sense. It just seemed a little odd at that moment. Yeah. I
0: just didn't believe that he would try to murder a kid with a hundred plus witnesses.
1: Well, I mean, at that point, he had nothing left going for him. Like...
0: I mean, he has money. Like he, he should, he would want to avoid life in prison. Probably no.
1: Like he doesn't have money because afterwards he That's has true. to he like work as a clown. Money. Like yeah, which is crazy.
0: That's like nothing crazy. against
1: like children's party clowns. Like, but like from big movie, uh, movie producer Marty Wolf. He he's like I gotta do whatever it takes to get some money yeah. now. Yeah. I I have one more thing. Oh, and yes, it's not, please. it's not a positive or a negative. I just thought it was funny how on mm-hmm. the nose the characters' names are, you know, for Jason Shepherd and Marty Wolf and the boy who cried wolf. Like, it is so on the nose that I can't tell if I love it or hate it. It is I, like right there.
0: <laughs> I never noticed it as a kid, but I kind of love it as a kid. Yeah. I kind of love it.
1: That's fair. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Jason Shepherd, Marty Wolf. I liked it. It's there. I'm going to say it's a positive.
1: Okay. Yeah, some fashion. Let's hit (laughs) us with some fashion.
0: Okay. Marty Wolf's style is ridiculous. And Mm. I know he's blue. But I think that, like, I don't know. Him being, the outfits that he wears when he's blue, I think that we don't realize how crazy they are because he is blue in that moment. But any of the outfits he wears, aside from, like, the suit he wears to go meet the president, um... We see him in these different outfits. If he was wearing them and he wasn't blue, it would be crazy. Like he has no through line of what his style is, which honestly me neither. I have a lot of different styles, but like these are so vastly different. Like, I don't know. It's a little, it's a little crazy. I know. Also, I loved Amanda Bynes outfits in these. She had a really cute jean jacket. And then of course the iconic light purple crop top with the jeans and the orange long sweater with the feathers. Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with that outfit.
1: Fantastic.
0: Yeah. And then my last one, I love the flipped out hairstyles, like the short shoulder length hair. And then you curl it. You you don't curl it under, you curl it out. I always wanted my mom to do that with my hair as a kid. And she always wanted to curl it under. (laughs)
1: I just wanted to be cool. Now, I think that was like my favorite style of like the late 90s, early 2000s.
0: Yeah. No, if I if I ever cut my hair short again, I might try it. Go for it. Try to bring it back.
1: Yeah. Be a trendsetter. <laughs> yeah. We're already bringing like bell-bottom jeans back. So like it's a matter of time before the 90s have I the day in the that. sun.
0: Yes. I mean, the the 90s are in the sun right now. I don't know oh. what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> uh, in the shade, apparently. <laughs> <laughs>
0: do you have any fashion notes
1: not really nothing really stood out too much for me I could just tell it was a very 2000s movie like yeah it it, yeah it just seemed very like it it was just very of the times like it wasn't anything too crazy other than you know like Paul Giamatti some of the costumes that they wore but yeah yeah it was was good
0: So for this week, since Sabrina is not here, and we all know that Sabrina typically does Where Are They Now? Josh and I split the responsibilities amongst ourselves. So Josh will be giving us a little Where Are They Now? on Amanda Bynes, and I will be giving us a Where Are They Now? on Paul Giamatti. Yes. Because Frankie Muniz isn't a decon that we have yet to cover. So we'll do him then. <laughs> so I would love to know where my girl Amanda Bynes is now. I kind of know a little bit, but let's let's hear
1: Yeah, uh, so... In case people didn't know, Amanda Bynes, this was her film debut. This was the first film that she was in. She was in TV. Yeah. She was the star of the Amanda show after spinning off from Nickelodeon's all that. You know, and that, you know, launched a whole bunch of other careers for people in those, like Drake and Josh, all that fun stuff. But yeah, no, she was hilarious. Great on TV, like did a whole lot of things. You know, she went on, did a couple more movies. I think the last one that she was in was Easy A with Emma Stone. Hmm. That was uh, a while ago. Yeah, no, that was 2010, oh, I believe.
0: My favorite my favorite of hers is Penny Pinkleton and Hairspray. But also Hairspray. <sighs> yes, no, that was... Uh, Hairspray is a comfort movie for me.
1: <laughs> yes, no, that was uh, a big one that she was in. She did really, really well with that one. She was going to be in Hall Pass that same year. That one was with Owen mm. Wilson, Jenna Fisher's in that one. Bo Burnham was in that one, actually. He was a bartender. That one just sticks out in my brain. But she had dropped out of that movie and announced an indefinite hiatus from acting. You know, she being this child star in the late 90s, early 2000s, her life was really publicized everywhere. Like she was they ran
0: her ragged.
1: They really did. She suffered from some substance abuse for years, some legal issues, but in a, you know, some positive news, In 2018, she said she'd like to return to acting. She really wanted to go into, she wanted to go into fashion design. So like a lot of the scenes in this movie, she's probably like, oh yeah, no, this is really cool fashion stuff. Like Mm. she's always had a passion and interest in design and fashion. And she actually went to school at the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in Irvine, California. And she... Graduated in 2019, she yes. got her de- uh, degree in that. And Good for her, she had been in a conservatorship since. That's about, what I thought. Yeah, since uh, like Brittany. Yeah, a little different from Brittany in yeah. that this one was more legitimate. Like, well, don't I can't know. say we don't know, yeah, but we like don't this know. one. This one, you know, I think it was like in the mid-2010s uh, she entered into mm. it. I want to say 2013. Uh, but I she's can't out remember. of it now, right? Yes. Yeah, no. Amazing. Oh, yeah, no. She had been in her ship from about August 2013 to March 2022. Time. Yeah. Well, she's been, you know, suffering from, you know, this. Yeah. These personal issues for a while. And yeah. in February of this year, you know, they went to the court and she's to make the case that, you know, she was able to make these decisions for herself again and that she had come a long way and they agreed and now she's out of that. And Amazing. now she can kind of do what she wants. Like, it didn't seem like it was a huge legal yeah. battle, but it could have been one of those things where, That's good. you know, it was kind of under the rug, like with Brittany. Mm-hmm. But from what I can I'm tell, glad. it was a,
0: yeah.
1: it was a, like she knew she process, was there. Perhaps? It was a, yeah, it was a process of, She knew there was some work she had to do and she worked really hard to get to that point. And all parties involved were very not a piece of crap about it. Amicable. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Very
0: glad that she, she's doing better and I hope that we can see some some great things for her in the future.
1: Yeah, no. Yeah. She's really looking forward to this next part of her life and I wish her the best. And I hope to see, uh, lot more of her and i hope she really enjoys all the things coming to her
0: so now we move on to (laughs) paul edward valentine giamatti (laughs) paul giamatti has an mfa from yale school of drama wow yeah so you know he kind of started out he got that mfa which is very very difficult A program to get into in 1997 he landed his first big film role as pig vomit in howard stern's film private parts which apparently he did so well in it that howard howard stern campaigned for him to get a best supporting actor nomination from the oscars wow for his role as pig vomit i haven't seen the movie but now i kind of want to he then went on to have to be in a lot of hit movies. In 1998, he was in The Truman Show, Saving Private Ryan. 1999, he was in the Andy Kaufman biopic, Man on the Moon. And then in the 2000s, he did many different roles, like in Big Mama's House, Planet of the Apes, and Big Fat Liar. He has done so many roles over the years. Some of my personal favorites are him in The Illusionist. He plays Santa in Fred Claus and... Saving Mr. Banks. I love that movie. It's probably not very historically accurate, but I like that movie. Uh, but so those are some of my favorite Paul Giamatti roles. Yeah. And in 2013, he returned to his alma mater and played Hamlet at Yale.
1: Giamatti Hamlet. I, I know. would pay and good money like, to see that.
0: And many did. It was like a sold out run. He got a oh lot of acclaim for it. And he has many, many, many award nominations. He's an Oscar nominated actor yeah. for the movie Cinderella Man. I'm furious he doesn't have more nominations. I'm furious that he doesn't have any wins, but I'm, I'm manifesting it for him. He also has had five Golden Globe nominations and he has won two Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. He has four Emmy nominations and he's won one Emmy. And he has had seven SAG nominations and he's won four SAG awards. Wow. Yeah. So I'm glad that he he's getting some, some
1: acclaim,
0: you know? Yeah. But I think he just deserves more.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I would definitely agree he's an underrated actor. Like yeah. people sleep on him a lot and don't realize how yes. great he is.
0: Yeah. He has one child, he's divorced and he currently lives in Brooklyn, New York. Hmm. And I don't have enough information about this, but. Apparently, there was a thing called the Paul Wax Campaign or the Giamatti Wax Campaign where over the course of many years, people were campaigning for Paul Giamatti to get a wax figure at the Madame Tussauds Wax Museum. Yes. and like, So then Madame Tussauds issued like a petition where if they got so many signatures, they would make the wax figure and it just fell short. So to this day, they still don't have it. But there's a short film. There's like a movie or like a documentary <laughs> that somebody made. A documentary somebody made about the Paul Giamatti wax campaign. It's called the Wax Paul Now campaign. <laughs> and, you know, he talked about it on Stephen Colbert and like a bunch of different news outlets picked it up. But there was, yeah, there was a short film chronicling the campaign at the Virginia Film Festival in October 2019. I It doesn't say what it's called, but the change.org petition has garnered Five hundred thousand signatures, but we still haven't reached it, so oh, one day maybe,
1: oh, wait, so like it's an ongoing, yeah, like you can still sign it,
0: yeah, I think so.
1: everybody listening, all fifty of you go and sign this petition now.
0: all fifty of you, yes, please, <laughs> we'll get <laughs> turn it turn it up to five hundred thousand fifty signatures
1: exactly, <laughs>
0: yeah. So, would you want to know some, like, some little fun facts about this movie?
1: I absolutely would.
0: So, I just have a few. Just a few. We'll start with this one. Amanda Bynes was not the original choice for Kaylee in this movie. Wow. Lindsay Lohan was originally cast in the role of Kaylee, but she stepped Ah. away from the role to take a year off of acting.
1: Interesting.
0: I don't know if I would have liked Lindsay Lohan in this movie.
1: Yeah, I think Amanda like,
0: Bynes just does it so well.
1: Yeah, especially just the chaotic energy of Kaylee in this movie. I feel like...
0: But... Well, obviously
1: they would have done it differently, but I really think yeah, that this... I was
0: going to say, I feel like the crazy like voices and stuff, they added in because they cast Amanda it, because Bynes. Because it was Amanda, I'm, I bet, Yeah. Yeah, I bet the character was like completely different before, but we don't know. The blue dye that dyed Paul Giamatti was tattoo ink and they would reapply it like they didn't tattoo his body. obviously. yeah, yeah. But like they they would reapply it several times like throughout the day to maintain it. He said that it was very easy to go on, but very hard to come off, particularly (laughs) from his feet. And so he said that he had just had blue feet for like weeks. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Crazy. And then this is, this is a crazy fun fact. Other actors that were considered for the role of Marty Wolf include Bradley Whitford, Jim Carrey, Joe Pesci, Willem Dafoe, and Alec Baldwin.
1: Wow.
0: And I would just like us to take a moment and picture what this movie would be like with any of those men.
1: I feel like- Willem Dafoe would have been wild. Like, I think Willem you Dafoe would have made
0: it too scary. It would have been a whole literally movie. goblin mode, like <laughs> literally goblin, Green Goblin mode. Like oh. I think it would have been too scary. I think he would have given kids nightmares.
1: I feel like Alec Baldwin would be the closest one to the one we got with I don't Paul think Giamatti. So. Like no, like but like that Hollywood executive.
0: Carey. Yeah.
1: Like the Hollywood executive type, I feel like he would have pulled off. I don't think he would have been as unhinged as Paul Giamatti. Yeah, I don't think and I feel like unhinged. Jim Carrey might've been too unhinged too, too unhinged to where it and was Joe
0: Pesci, Joe Pesci. I feel like it would have just been maybe similar to his role in home alone. You know, yeah.
1: it's, I don't know. Like I. I would have loved to see any of them do this role.
0: Bradley Whitford would have been cool, but yeah. I just don't think anyone else could have done it as well.
1: Yeah. Paul did such a great job with this movie that I yeah. I have trouble seeing, like, as great of actors as all those other people are, like, I have trouble in seeing anybody else. Yeah.
0: So I guess now it's time to, you know, wrap up our thoughts, give some give some final thoughts, and not place this on the ranking.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll go first. I thought this was, you know, it's a great movie. It's a great yeah movie from the 2000s, you can tell it's that, it has that spirit of, especially like the Nickelodeon movies of that time.
0: It is very Nickelodeon. I know. Yeah. Like,
1: (laughs) and I don't know if it's because like Amanda Bynes gives me that vibe, but like just the.
0: But the Dan Schneider
1: writing. Yeah. It's it's very much the Dan Schneider writing. That's 100% what it is. It just has that charm of that mm-hmm. early 2000s TV. Yeah. And so it's just really fun. And I was glad that I got to see this on the Disney channel a lot. Yeah. And it was, it was really cool. It was. Yeah. No, I, it holds up in most places yeah. in terms of this is a like a movie directed towards children. Like mm-hmm. you can still enjoy it and appreciate it. Obviously there's some extremely dated lines and comedy. I yeah. said comedy with quotes but yeah. like
0: <laughs> yeah but i think like it's uh for for the time it could have been worse it's still not good yeah. but i think it's something that you can you can be like this is this is all the time and we know now that this yeah. is not okay
1: we've learned you and know? we're we're growing
0: i think that this is just the blueprint for a very creative action packed kids movie yeah i think it's great i think it's a perfectly acted film everyone Mm -hmm. really pulled it out and i think i don't know i like i said i loved watching this fall of man it's a psychological case study and like you see this awful person and you're rooting for his demise yeah and like i had a thought and you can cut this if it's too far but i was sitting there watching it and i was like I wish this had happened to Harvey Weinstein. Like I'm glad he's in prison. Prison is a good option. However, I would have loved to see his life publicly ruined like this, (laughs) but also prison.
1: (laughs) But but mostly prison.
0: (laughs) Mostly prison. If we couldn't have this, I'm glad we have prison. Yeah, so thank you all so much for listening. I'm gonna let you know right now, I don't know what we're gonna be watching next week, so it'll be a surprise. We're still like I said at the beginning of this, we're playing it by ear, but I really hope that you guys continue to come back. We really love making this podcast. It's something that I know I look forward to every week. Sabrina does as well, and Josh does as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, please join us back next week when we will be reviewing Mystery Movie.
1: I love that movie. Yeah. How do we I absolutely this? love Insert Movie here. <laughs> Awesome. So, Megan, look, usually I'm not the person doing this, but so I forget. Where could you find this podcast online? Or like, you know, where could you find us online?
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. You can find us over on Instagram at Disney Channel Unoriginal Pod.
1: That's cool. And, you know, if you like us, you could, you know, go over there, like us. You could... On your platform of choice, follow us, subscribe to our podcast. Rate us five
0: stars. Rate us
1: five stars if you feel so inclined. Leave leave a review. Yeah. Even if you're not inclined, leave us five stars. That would be wonderful and helps other people find the podcast. And they might like us.
0: Yeah. We release new episodes every Sunday. So until next time, I'm Megan.
1: And I'm Josh.
0: And you've been listening to D-Cup, the Disney Channel unoriginal podcast. Dun, 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 dun.